This week in Baby Quest, don't count your eggs before they turn into chicken. I don't think that that's how that goes. Agree to disagree. said this week in baby All quest right, fine. you go then what to start the show <laughs> yeah hi my name is mike and i'm leah and this is baby quest and this week we are going to talk about what happens next so last episode you heard all about my surgery and the traumatic recovery yeah that was exciting. Yeah. You blasted a nurse with a blood clot. Yeah. And now we... So I've recovered. I'm doing well. And it is July of 2018. Mm-hmm. And we go back to fer- the fertility clinic. Yeah. And this is the very exciting consent signing appointment. So for any of those of you who don't know, when you go through IVF... In vitro fertilization. Yes. You... Which we talked about that in the first episode, right? Yeah. Explained what it is? Yes. They take your eggs and then they make them good and then put them back in. They fertilize them. Yeah. With the sperm and then they put them back in. Yes. So when you're doing IVF, you have this appointment right before everything starts, which is your consent signing appointment. So you go through all this paperwork that basically says you agree to everything But you also have to decide what's going to happen to any embryos, eggs, and sperm that are left over, essentially. Right. So you have to decide if the relationship dissolves, who gets possession of the embryos. Also, if one of us were to die, would the other person be still allowed to use them? If we had thought about it, I mean, I'm, I think they probably would have granted me full custody of the embryos. <laughs> uh, probably not. Um, so that was a little bit of a weird appointment, but in the like fertility IVF world, consent signing appointment is like a big deal. It's a big day. And so we went into that appointment very excited We were going to start everything. And in that appointment, our fertility doctor told us that because of what he believes that I have low egg reserve, because of that, our success of conceiving through IVF was only about 20%. And for the average couple who is going through IVF, the success rate is about 45%. So significantly lower than we thought it was going to be that was at the like that the was signing at, yeah really yeah man i forgot um but i think you're you're kind of burying the lead a little bit because we knew going into this that the success rate for ivf was on average about 40 percent. i think 45 i think yeah 40 oh yeah you just said that 45 percent. and i was definitely thinking like oh that includes you know 80-year-olds and people who 
don't have any internal organs and really weird stuff. You know, they bring it way down. And so obviously, <laughs> 45% to healthy, young, cool people like us, we're going to have no problem. We're going to be in like 95% success rate, I'm sure. It's definitely what I was thinking. Yeah, I think we did go in maybe like a little overconfident. I was like, I guess there's a chance that it could maybe not work. But then hearing 20% was pretty surprising because, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of, like, to, to back it up a lot, all, like, way past the part where, we, before the part we found out that it was 20%, like, IVF is not a quick and easy thing. No. Like, it would be, how long? Like, weeks of me injecting you with hormones into yeah, your butt? Yeah, like a couple weeks of injections being... in order to, and that's in order to, they want you to grow and develop as many eggs as possible. Can we so, go back? Uh, I'm not going to re-edit the whole podcast, but we did kind of count the eggs before chickens arrived in not explaining IVF. So let's talk about IVF a little bit. All right. Does that sound good? Sure. Okay, we're good at podcasting. So IVF, in vitro fertilization, for those of you who don't know, what it entails is, so the person who has the eggs in their body is going to take a whole bunch of hormones. Normally those are injectable hormones and they normally need to be injected in your stomach area. So I would be injecting Leah with needles. Every day. Uh, and they have to be done like very regimented. So you have specific times that you need to take your, do your shots. And like your life revolves around doing your shots. And it's not just a fun needle. You're getting blasted with hormones. Yeah, that are gonna they like throw your body out ruin of whack your day. a little bit. Like mood swings is pretty common. Um, you bloat a whole bunch because well the injections. Well, and because up. they're growing blend. your eggs in your ovaries, so like your abdomen bloats. There's also some like really nasty side effects. Like the medication can cause like eye problems patients have talked about like all of a sudden not being able to see or their vision is blurry and then they have to stop injections because they're having an adverse reaction to the medication right so this is all like with the idea of getting a whole bunch of eggs yeah you want to they call it harvesting you want to harvest as many eggs as possible and when we say as many eggs as possible so specifically for a couple like us who is going to go through uh, genetic screening, you want like 20 or more eggs. Like you want a lot. Yeah. So that was always the plan. Like we wanted 20 plus eggs when we were going, like that was always kind of a goal we had in our head. Yeah. Because normally you, you create and release one egg per Every month. Every month, yeah. Sometimes it's crazy and you like... To sneak out. And then you have twins. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we want to like get wild in there. Yeah. Have an egg party. Yeah. Easter bunny paying you a visit. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the purpose of that is to get a whole bunch of eggs, grab them, fertilize them with my well, stuff. Well, first you have to, 
so they take them out and then they have to screen them and they always account that a certain number even when when they've harvested them won't be mature so they won't be like ready to be fertilized right um but they kind of like roll the dice with those ones and will often fertilize them anyways in hopes of like fingers crossed maybe something will happen yeah uh and then in ivf there's like two different processes so you can do the ivf where they put an egg in a petri dish and like throw a whole bunch of sperm in there and kind of let the sperm like figure it out the natural way yeah it's like the more natural ivf it's nature happening outside of your body but then there is the more invasive ivf where they take a single sperm in a needle and like inject it into the egg Mm -hmm. and because we were going through genetic testing we had to do it that way because when you do it in the petri dish there's like chances of contamination basically that could occur and And it's just that would be bad for us messier (laughs) yeah it's just sloppy all over the place yeah so we get to consent signing day no. Oh, after sorry. the <laughs> sorry, where after are we the eggs are fertilized. Yes. So for a lot of people, if oh. you're just doing regular old fashioned IVF, they just blast them right back into you. No, no. So you you let them grow in the lab for. And then you bring it home. And normally, it's, a baby. it's like day three or day five is when they will insert it back into the person who's carrying going to carry the child, and that just kind of depends on how well. The embryo at this point is growing and then normally all the other embryos that are not used from that cycle get frozen and are kept for a later time and they just chill out yeah uh so hang on that was a joke (laughs) right sorry uh for us if we had gone through ivf we would have allowed the embryos to grow until day three or day five depending and then what would have happened is they would have taken a sample like a little piece of genetic material from each of the embryos and sent it to a lab to be tested and so in our case all of the embryos would have needed to be frozen i would not have done what they call a fresh cycle or a fresh transfer which is obviously when you're not using frozen embryos because of the time frame and like needing to do the testing so then they would have sent all the genetic material to a lab which is in the states we don't have a lab in canada currently that does this type of testing they were talking about it's like maybe they were going to be able to do it in toronto by the time that we were ready but anyway no no (laughs) they were they were gonna was it detroit or chicago i think it's detroit yeah And the lab that does the genetic testing makes, they call it a probe, which looks for the same genetic marker that I have for Noonan syndrome. They would be looking for that genetic marker to see if the baby embryo also has Noonan's. Right. So they're making a test. In order to test. And then... They, once they've used embryos to make the test, they test the test. And if they think the test is good or works, then they can test whatever embryos are left. So it's like if you start with 20 
you're already down to a very small right. number of embryos that can even be tested. And then with Noonan's, it's... I'll remind you, it's a 50-50 shot each time. So if you're left with like five, there's, you know, it's it wouldn't be the craziest thing for them to all have it. And they would go, the test worked. We, we discovered a mm -hmm. test for you. The test worked great. We tested all the ones that were left, and they all have Noonan's. <laughs> anyway, we'll take your ten thousand dollars, please. <laughs> You'd go cool. Here Thank you go. You. Um, Here you go, American testing genetic place. Right. Also, so this is where egg number becomes really important because if you don't have a lot of eggs to start with. Each step of the process dwindles your numbers. And so when our fertility doctor was talking about how I have low egg reserve, he was very worried that I, he wasn't going to be able to get a large number of eggs like he wanted in the beginning. He was like, if we get, you know, eight, five or eight, we are doing really well based on your numbers. Which is not a great number which, for testing. Which is not a great number for testing because the only way the lab knows that their probe works is if they if they get two positive tests. So if they test the embryos and get two that have the genetic marker for Noonan's. So if you're only giving them three, four eggs or embryos to test, they might not end up with two positives in order to confirm that their probe works. Yeah, so very bad. Yeah. So it just ended up being a lot of things playing against us. So that's how we ended up sitting there receiving the news that we had a maybe 20% chance of success with going through all of this. So the needles, the crazy hormones blasting Leah's body with hormones and making her miserable and probably totally wild paying well so I mean we could explain with OHIP Ontario so in government. Canada in Ontario currently you get one free round of IVF so what that means is that they will cover the retrieval so the removal of the eggs and the reinsertion of an embryo. Yeah. So the medication is not covered. Now, thankfully, I have a pretty good drug plan with my work. So we would have been okay for that. We would have been okay. What they also don't cover is the storage of any frozen embryos. Right. Which actually wasn't that bad. What was it? Like a couple hundred bucks or something? Yeah. Not, nothing crazy. The, the expensive part for the first, for the one round that is covered by our... Government. provincial government um yeah benefits one round that is covered that does not include the crazy testing that we had no. to do which was uh it was not like after like, everything said and done it wasn't quite ten thousand dollars it was like eight thousand american i think was it that's more than ten thousand then are you sure <laughs> that's seven thousand american america are you sh no we don't remember it was a lot of money it was a lot of money and so 20 percent chance all of those bad things I'm so, very cheap. We made the. <laughs> we walked out of the appointment and we we told our fertility doctor we wanted to go home and talk about it. Yeah. And he agreed that that was a good idea. And we got to our car, <laughs> and 
we decided standing on the sidewalk that no we were gonna try on our own I remember, was, remember having the conversation with Mike. It was like beginning of July and it was hot and we were like, nope, never mind. We're just going to try on our own. Which honestly made sense. It was it was a it was a tough decision to make, though, because we were going from, you know, we're doing everything we can, even if it's tough and you get blasted with hormones and it costs a lot of money, you know, it's to make sure give our, our baby child, the yeah. best chance to not have uh, a heart defect, right? We and wanted it, a healthy baby. If we had a baby and they had this heart defect and uh, maybe their life was impacted in some way or even just like having to have surgeries really early on, I know I would be sitting there saying, man, I really wish that we had tried a little harder or or, you know paid a few dollars to to have a healthy baby instead of you know having these like medical issues so it was actually it was a really tough thing to and also it was a we had purposely put ourselves on this difficult path for like two years at this point of like we you know, we're purposely not trying to get pregnant. And we had like a couple of times where like my period was a little late and I was a little like, oh, you know, whoops, did, are we, am I pregnant in those two years? And I mean, turns out I wasn't, but I remember thinking like, oh, it, it wouldn't be the plan that I thought I had if I was pregnant because we think we're doing IVF. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was also hard to be like, oh, I had this plan and now this isn't my plan anymore. But the whole plan was out the window. And yeah. So after two years, uh, throw the whole plan out the window and start over again. Yeah. And none of my doctors or our doctors really had any idea of how easy or difficult would it be for us to get pregnant. Like nobody really knew. So it was just like, go off and try and see what happens. Again, like, I won't say that it's a bad thing that we went to the fertility center because they did discover the whole having yes. multiple vaginas and several <laughs> uteruses <laughs> and fixed all of that up and got that all straightened out because that would have been a very big bad complication <laughs> if we had just we gone ahead and didn't know about that. Yes. So... And we love our fertility doctor. We He's love wonderful. our fertility He's doctor. so good. He's great. So at the end of July 2018. Let me just stop the whole podcast for a second. Put you on pause. And I just want to comment on if anyone out there listening is hearing crazy fabric noises, Leah has chosen to wear a very noisy vest to the recording today. Did I take it off? Well, it's a little late now. Right. I've just been think it's it's the only thing I've been able to think about the whole time. <laughs> so if anyone else out there, if that's the only thing you've been able to think about, I, I'm You're sorry. not alone. Next time I'll wear quieter clothing. Just if you hear a lot of this happening, it's Leah touching her own vest. <laughs> so end of July 2018. Yeah. I finished uh, my round of birth control, which I was on. After the... After the major bleeding event. A little whoopsie. And we decided to start trying right away. So, because I'm 
I would describe myself as slightly type A personality. Uh, a little controlling. Yeah, controlling. Is it um, controlling or you just need to have a plan for everything and you need to know how everything's going to go and have a schedule for everything? I would say that that's controlling, though. <laughs> I mean, when you say controlling, it makes it sound like you don't let me go out or no, something. No, no, I don't care. I want to be in control of things that... I want to control things that I cannot control. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> so I decided I was going to track my ovulation in a very aggressive manner. Yes. So I bought... Uh, you can purchase online on Amazon very cheaply. Um, pee dip tests. So you pee into a container. You dip the test in and it will progressively get darker the closer to ovulation you are. So I started doing this in August of 2018. We were tracking and in November of 2018 and every month you know I, I would track my ovulation and then you have your two-week wait which is two weeks after from ovulation until your period shows up and I would always start testing to see if I was pregnant before my period was due yeah of course because we had like the little dip test for pregnancy tests too yeah. right so they're just like these little paper strips you just uh, like dunk them in like a little litmus test thing five seconds uh so November 2018 we got our first positive pregnancy test yeah and we were very excited and our fertility doctor... The end. No, not so much. Our fertility doctor had agreed to follow us, uh, even though we weren't considered like an active fertility patient. So that meant that I could go in and do blood work and early ultrasounds at the clinic. So when I got my positive pregnancy test, I phoned my clinic and they brought me in for blood work. And you get the results about 24 hours later. They call you back and they confirmed that, yes, I was pregnant, but my number wasn't my like hormone level. So they're testing your HCG levels. Which stands for? Don't know. Human growth. It's HCG. Human cool. Sure. I don't Growth. know. Google it. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. Human. Doesn't matter. Genetic. Oh my god. No wait. See. <laughs> I forgot. Doesn't matter. So that number wasn't as high as they would want it to be based on when I ovulated and when my period was due. So they said come back and we're gonna retest it. And so I went back and they retested it and at that point it again wasn't it wasn't rising as much as they wanted it to. So they want your HCG levels to double every 24 to 48 hours, I think it is. Something like that. It's supposed to be rocketing up a Yeah, lot. like in early pregnancy, it's supposed to just be growing like exponentially, basically. So it wasn't, it hadn't done that. And so they said, okay, in another two days, come back and we're going to retest you again. So I go back for a third time, do a third round of blood work, and at that point, my number had started to decrease. 
So they told me to be prepared. I was probably going to have a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And they were right. A few days later, my period showed up and I had a period and it was fine. So that was considered how many weeks? Five weeks. So that was five week miscarriage? Yeah. Um, and at that point uh, in the medical world, they like to use the term chemical pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, which basically just means that you got a positive pregnancy test and your blood work confirmed that you were pregnant, but we never saw anything on an ultrasound. Right. So So basically, as soon as I knew that, as soon as they told me you should expect to have a miscarriage, I was pretty, like, over it. (laughs) Yeah, Leah kind of gets flipped like a switch and was back into kind of action mode all right let's get this over with it's annoying what are you doing inside me still let's go kind of thing yeah i I believe that was pretty much her attitude i uttered the words like if you're not using that space appropriately you can get out um yeah i was kind of i don't know it was kind of weird i i think i sort of had tempered expectations well obviously i was very excited at first and then we started hearing about the numbers and that was really disappointing and really lowered my expectations um so yeah it was kind of it felt more like this is uh, this is part of the process than anything else i think to me mm-hmm. and so then we try again the next month december nothing happened nothing but i kind of chopped that up to like oh my body's doing a reset after what happened in november right it like didn't seem crazy to me that nothing happened we tried but nothing happened and then January of 2019, we tried again, and we got our second positive pregnancy test, mm-hmm. and did the same thing, went into the fertility clinic, had blood work done. Now, the first blood draw, my number was dramatically lower uh, than it had been in November, and so right away, I was already like, mm, this isn't, it was basically at the borderline of what they consider you to be be pregnant at right i think 25 is the number that they consider you are pregnant when they check your hormone levels and mine was 24 and so they classified me as pregnant but again said that's below you were below i was like but i was like one point below and so they were like okay so again they kind of were already warning me like be prepared you're probably going to have another miscarriage And I went in and did a second blood draw, and that number had gone down a lot by that point. And so they said, yes, we're having a miscarriage. Be prepared. Your period will show up. And it did a few days later. And again, I was, as soon as I knew that it wasn't working, I was pretty like, okay, let's move on. Yeah, it was a little bit more of the same. Well, on the one hand, you're very like, uh, let's move on. Let's try again. Let's keep going. But I know you were also getting very frustrated and impatient with the whole process. Yes, because at this point it was seven months. Right, yeah, we'd been trying for seven months. And yeah, you're pretty much sick of it, I think. Yeah, like it's not a, you know, lots of, I've heard lots of people say like, oh, just have fun with it. Yeah, at least you get to keep trying. Yeah, and like. Doing the fun part, if you know what I mean. And like, I want everybody to know that like, Trying to make a baby is not fun. <laughs> like, I mean, 
I mean, not that I'm not enjoying it, but there's a lot going on in order to make it work. Oh, a little fun. <laughs> part, part, one part is fun. Yeah. Only one. Yeah, okay. There's like a lot of parts to it, but only one is fun. Yeah. Also, like... Everything s- surrounding it is not... Scheduling? That's not enjoyable. You love scheduling things. Yeah, but not this. Okay. So then we come to February of 2019 and we try again. But in my mind, it wasn't going to work, right? It worked in November. It didn't work in December. It worked in January. It wasn't going to work in February. My body was going to need another month to like reset itself. So I was kind of like, oh, we'll try, but nothing's probably going to happen. Like I was preparing myself for nothing to happen. Mm -hmm. and took a pregnancy test as I always did at exactly 12 days after ovulation. Mm -hmm. Nice and early. And it was positive. And I was shocked. Yeah. So I phoned the fertility center again, and I go in for my first blood draw, and that first number was higher than... The number, the first number in November and the first number in January. And so I was like, oh, well, something's different. This is different already. Mm-hmm. And then I did a repeat blood draw and that number was like crazy high. It had like way more than doubled. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. that This is working. And so at that point they say like, okay, we're going to book you in for a six week ultrasound. So this, I was like roughly five weeks at this point. So like the next week you go in and they do an ultrasound and we have a picture of that ultrasound and the baby looks like an apple seed. (laughs) Um, And that ultrasound is basically to find out how many are in there. So one (laughs) in our case and to make sure that it is in a good position. So they don't want the embryo to implant in the fallopian tubes because that will cause an eptopic pregnancy. So they're making sure that it's implanted in the uterus, basically. And it was. Yeah. So we were good. So after six weeks, they say, come back at eight weeks and we'll do another ultrasound. So I was like, okay, okay. So the first ultrasound, though, was absolutely wild. (laughs) Like it blew me like it was you know it was that first ultrasound experience seeing your baby (laughs) that looks like a speck of dust (laughs) and is smaller than a speck of dust currently but it's like this little light like it's like glows and it's like dark space it's like little tiny almost sort of pulsing light and it was the craziest thing i've ever seen (laughs) yeah it was really exciting you know, getting to see to the see, baby, like see what we did, and it worked, and things were happening. Yeah. So I had had a little bit of bleeding, and I was very nervous. But in that ultrasound, they were able to determine that it was just like essentially a blood clot that had formed in my uterus, and was that's what was causing it. It wasn't a problem, and everything was fine with that. Then we went for another ultrasound at eight weeks. Mm-hmm. And in that ultrasound, the baby kind of looks like a shrimp. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of all curled up, but you can 
see the heart beating. Yeah. And like, they can, clearly, it's yeah, crazy. And they can record how fast, like, what the heartbeat is, how fast it is. So at eight weeks at the fertility center, when everything's looking good, you graduate. And you yeah. are released to an OB. And they say, like, go and make a baby. Never Grow a baby. <laughs> yeah. Send us a picture. Yeah, and they ask, like, can you send us a picture when the little monkey's born? Yeah. We'll put it on the wall. And that's it. You, you, you've you graduated. You, you're gone. We did it. Got our diplomas. <laughs> we shook their hands. It was great. Yeah. And that's... I think we're we're taking a break for this episode. No, that's where we're stopping this episode. Yes. For this week. This week's episode stops at this point now, where we are. And, and next week we will talk about... Like, next week we get to rest... talk about being pregante. <laughs> the rest of the pregnancy journey. Yeah. All right. It's going to be a good one. Guys, we have Instagram. Everybody, we're on the gram. We're on the Get out your phones gram. now. Get ready to type in this web address. So Instagram. You can follow us on Instagram. Dot com. At babyquestpod. Yeah. B-A-B-Y-Q-U-E-S-T. Right. P-O-D. Great. Leah's running the gram. I made a Twitter account for us as well. It's not babyquestpod. Don't go to that. That has no tweets and has never been active, but I can't have it. So on Twitter, we're at BabyQuestCast, like the end of the word podcast, not the beginning. <laughs> yeah, and send us your like questions and stuff. We want to do listener mailbag or yeah. answer questions, or if there's something that you want us to talk about, let us know. Or yeah. if we're not like describing certain... Oh, we're definitely not describing things very well. I mean, but we can clarify. <laughs> yeah, we'll... We'll uh, do some editorial corrections. And you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple. Hopefully you've already found us where you listen to podcasts because like you're listening to our voices right now talking. Maybe. Oh, we got two two people gave us five star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review, guys. Rate and review. <laughs> I don't know. I've heard it's important. Every other podcast says it. Rate and review. So two people rated. They did not. I don't think that we have a review. Maybe reviews show up later. I don't know. I just saw it this afternoon. I don't know what it means. But, I mean, it's incredible. I assume we're near the top of the charts at this point. Probably. With two five-star things. You're right, we do have two. You I don't think we me? I don't think we have reviews. No. Guys, but you should review us. Why? I don't know. I mean only if you want. I don't it doesn't matter to me if you review us. I don't want to be pushy on our third episode to give us a review. Because what if we do three episodes and they're great, obviously, and then the, the rest of them just... real stinkers. Right in the toilet. <sighs> Big old toilet episodes. Yeah, we have social media. Come say hi. I guess that's it. Oh, I guess if you know anyone who <laughs> is has an interest in infertility or getting pregnant or any of those kinds of topics, let them know that this podcast exists, maybe. Yeah. That's better. I don't care about rating or reviewing. Share the podcast. Yeah. I think that would be cool. Yeah. That You could make it my birthday present. Okay. Okay. All right, so we'll talk 
to you guys next time. Yeah. I love you. Bye. Mwah.